Okay, so here's the deal. Dan and I are not allowed to film in here, which is why <laughs> we're not filming. Hey guys, what's up? It's Scotty from ScottsBaitSessions.com and we are here in the First Direct Arena in Leeds, which is my hometown. Whoop. And we're going to be hanging out with the amazing Verdine White from Earth, Wind & Fire, who is playing on that stage over there. Like first of all, to the guys watching, like thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. Thank you so Absolute, much. I have been geeking out on your bass playing forever and a day. I can't tell you how excited I was. Nick behind the camera messaged me the other day and he said, "We're going to get to go and meet Vadim." I was like, "No way!" <laughs> so huge thank you to you. And I know that we're going to be talking about obviously your Sadowski today mm -hmm. and how that how the concept came about and right. you know and the little th all the things that are. Um, are different to that than a regular bass. Right. But can I ask you, how did you get into bass in the first place? Because I know that the bass community will be so into, you know, learning more about how you actually came to pick up the bass in the first well, place. Well, you know, I started as a, I started as a, you know, a young teenager, you know, and uh, and my late brother Maurice, who's responsible for Earth, Wind and Fire and everything, and the fact that this whole Earth, Wind and Fire thing started, yeah. he was the one that put this whole thing together he uh, brought me my first bass my first upright bass really so you started out upright yeah uh, 13 14 and i have one at home uh, uh i do practice occasionally but it's in the corner where it's going to stay uh, it's a furniture <laughs> piece now uh, it's, it's a great bass um and then i you know started you know uh studying with uh roddy villar from the chicago symphony orchestra gotcha, yeah uh, I did that first. And how old were you at this point? 14, 15, 16. So it was like all through the school? All through school. And like orchestra, the full, That's like right. learning to read the Stravinsky dots. Stravinsky and yeah. Bartok and Beethoven and things like that. Uh, West Head Story. Uh, but then on weekends, I would study bass guitar with the great Louis Satterfield, who was our trombone player in the Phoenix Horns. I was going to end, he ended up in the Phoenix That's Horns. That's right. He was yeah. known as uh, one of the Phoenix Horns. But he, in Chicago, he was a big... Uh, bass guitar session player. Yeah. And so every weekend I was at his house. I went to his week house every weekend for five years. Wow. Where I learned about studio work, learned how to read for studio and learn how to be creative. And so I sort of had the best of both worlds. Yeah. And, and when you when you were doing the classical thing, was there a moment where you decided to go down, like, you know, you thought, I want to do electric bass as well? Or was it always in parallel with each other? It was parallel. Always parallel. It was parallel. Yeah. And was Maurice an influence there? Right. Yeah. And then ultimately, bass guitar took over because it was changing, you know. you know, it, uh, Prior to that, Upright probably was the only one. Although bass guitar came originally... In 1951, yeah, you know, which I have a 1951 uh, telly in my uh, trophy room, uh, but that's uh, all with the slab bodies, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's like a chunk of wood. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's just all wood. And uh, uh, but then Satterfield taught me a lot. Everything I knew about bass guitar, I learned from him. 
Yeah. Everything. All and what kind of th- what kind of stuff was he taking you through? Was he looking at other people's bass lines? Was he giving you scales to practice? Well, scales, a lot of blues, uh, just different concept modes, yeah. rhythm. Uh, he used to take sheets of paper out. We used to read lines, then I would go from one bar to the next bar to the next bar, but he would put them on the floor. Yeah. And so I could just walk them and then look at the next bar, the next bar, the next bar. So it was, it was uh, really a very learning experience. And then Maurice at the time was Ramsey Lewis's drummer. Because he, was a, he was a session drummer That's originally, session drummer originally he, uh, Then yeah. went to the jazz trio with Ramsey Lewis in yeah. Chicago. Then he decided to start his own band, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire. Then he asked me to come out. And that's know. when he moved down to LA and that's right. before you, didn't he? Right, he went and out about enrolled, three months he before. enlisted you. <laughs> enlisted, asked me to come out. And uh, uh, and that's really where it began for me, you know, really honing my skills and being out there with a lot of the professionals and, and you know, meeting movie stars that I saw on television. And, 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 and how old were you at that point? 18. Wow. What was it like moving to LA it when you were like 18? Going on the other side of the moon. I had never been on a plane. I had never traveled. I'd never been anywhere. I went, you know, to school, you know, yeah. high school yeah. trip to Washington, D.C. in my junior year. But California was a totally different thing. Totally. The whole Hollywood thing. and the, Yeah, but, the, it was yeah. Holly, but it wasn't like Hollywood, uh, Hollywood where it was fake Hollywood. Yeah. It was like, you know, creative. You know, you could go to acting class. You can go to dance class, voice yeah. class. You could go to a play. You know, so you met the people who were actually doing it. You know, who you just ha- so happened to see on television that they were just like talking to you. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it was really, really great experience for me. And and that was Maurice's quasi assistant. You know, answer the phone, <laughs> pick up the dry cleaning. How much? How old? How much older was he than you? Ten years. Oh, ten years. That's a long you, span yeah. in yeah, life yeah, experience. Yeah. And it is when it's like eighteen and twenty-eight. You know, when you're eighteen and twenty-eight-year-olds like a yeah, way, a really a, a proper long human. <laughs> way away. It was a long stretch and a way of coolness. Yeah. You know, he yeah. was so cool. I yeah, was way yeah. a long way from cool. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. He had like 20 years of coolness on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just great to learn and have a what we call now mentor. Yeah. And then we were working on something of, of very different and very powerful and very enlightening. Well, know? it was changed. It changed the times. I mean, that music sure was changing. You know, That's for right. a lot it was of people. A, it was a seismic shift. shift yeah. A seismic and, shift. And do you think, like, did you guys have a... Did you have like a strategy into, did you think to yourselves, we are going to create a, a new, you know, style of music? Obviously the whole, um, there was like Larry Graham happening and like, did you see that and you wanted to be sort of like bring something to the table? And like, what was it like being around at that time? Well, it was actually, it was, uh, the strategy more was Maurice because he was older and it was his vision. Yeah. All I know is I wanted to be, uh, in a great band, you know, you know, being 18, you want to be in a great band, yeah, you know, you want to yeah. like, you know, you really want to do something great, yeah. you know? And so that had a lot to do with it, you know? Uh, and I, you know, and I was determined and I knew we, we had something cause the music was great. It was good. Yeah. And, and I've been, and I had done my first album at 18, 19, uh, a soundtrack. So we were starting then. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. I yeah. was actually making my mistakes, my mistakes, 
along the way. Along the mm-hmm. along the way, learning mm-hmm. on the side. Right, was right. it the University of Life? Right, or right. It, right. You know, it, it did. It came together a couple of albums later, but it was definitely a great starting point. And who were you listening to? Your influences at that point? It was more jazz guys. It was Ron Carter. Yeah. It was uh, Paul Chambers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Richard Davis, yeah. who a lot of people don't know, a great player. Richard yeah. uh, Scott LaFaro. Yeah. Eddie Gomez. All Cle- the guys, all the jazz guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cleveland Eden. I haven't heard of that guy. Uh, he was Ramsey's bass. He was Ramsey's upright bass player. Wonderful yeah. player. Uh, did you ever do? Were you ever involved in that? Do you know when you came through? Sort of like when you were when you were younger. Was there a point where you did think about playing jazz or? Or ended up playing jazz or No, just like music, because coming out of Chicago, you played jazz, R&B, gospel, yeah. pop. And on the bass guitar side, it was Paul McCartney, because I loved his work. Really yeah. loved it. Yeah. So melodic on the Hoffner. Uh, James Jamerson. Yeah. And Louis Satterfield. Those yeah. were the three bass guitar players, you know, and... Uh, and so it was uh, Ron Carter also too in the upright, Ron, yeah, yeah, Ronnie, yeah. Yeah, who's a great friend of mine. Yeah, you ended up, I watched an interview the other day and you were like, oh, I went to his house and he was like showing me some stuff. Yeah, I did. Like, right, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, and and I, I have the books at the house. He said, you got to practice an hour a day. I've been getting in like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, But I, but I practice out of Ron's book uh, every day. When you were younger, were you an avid practicer? Was it something that you were really strict about doing? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, pra- yeah. Yeah, I used to practice eight hours a day. Yeah. Eight hours a day, you know. And, uh, and, and was that, that before you kind of got to the point where you were making albums? and? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah at home, you know, in our late parents' home. Absolutely. It was it was mandatory. You know, you know, uh, my father was very strict about that. If you're really? going to play it, that, if yeah. you're going to play it, you're going to practice. You're going to play yeah, it, you're yeah. going to practice. And plus my brother Fred was a drummer. So, you know, we had a basement downstairs so we could practice and we rehearsed with our little bands. And, and was it, your dad was a saxophone player as well, right? Yeah. Uh, but he was a doctor too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But he also owned a nightclub. When it, oh, you know, really? Yeah, a nightclub. So he sort of knew music and he loved music. So he was very, very supportive. Yeah. And it was something that we could uh, uh, stay off the Chicago streets and, because young people need something to do. And and the thing about music is so much to learn. By the time you think about getting in trouble, you're too tired. Yeah. And it's something I actually want to talk about. Obviously, you've you've got your philanthropy as well that you do. Right. And, you know, Absolutely. Let's talk about that in a minute, actually. First, let me just talk about what base, because I want to talk about the Sadowski as well. What bases did you actually get started with? I got I had a, a, a red funky bass uh, that was pretty kitty-like. But then when I was... 16. Yeah. I got a, my first Fender Telecaster. Wicked. And an Ampeg B15. Yes. <laughs> I was 16 years old and I had professional gear. I yeah, had gear yeah. just like the pros, but I had copied from Satterfield because that's what he had. Got you. Yeah. So yeah. I had a uh, a Telecaster. 16 years old. I had a tele, I had a Telecaster. A uh, big deal back then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big deal. It was yeah. a big deal for a grown up. Yeah. Let alone a sixteen-year-old sixteen-year-old yeah, yeah. person, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, and I didn't have a case, so I put it in a duffel bag, <laughs> you know, because the case was extra. You know? yeah, yeah, but yeah, I wanted yeah, the base. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about the case. I got a case later yeah. when I went to Los Angeles. And how long did you stay with that base? Years, at least. That's got something. It's got that P bass sound, obviously. Has, right. it the, has it got the single pickup? Single. Uh, yes, yeah, so but like I, a took single the, card, I took yeah. I took the pick card off. Got you. you know, because it had the silver pick guard on it, but yeah. I took it off because I just wanted that, you know, that kind of 
you know, that sound. Yeah. And so my style of bass guitar playing came actually really from Louis Satterfield and, and James Jameson, you know, right. yeah. you know, from, from uh, all of those Motown records and uh, the Supremes and, and Marvin Gaye, his Which sound. is that sound, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I actually think that's really between him and McCartney where we really heard great guitar bass playing for the first time. Absolutely. Paul McCartney, just phenomenal. You know, his bass line, you know, you know, you know when yeah. you hear... Obviously, Jameson the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear, you hear between Jameson and, you know, what he did on all those things, you know, Motown and what McCartney did on, you know... You know, ticket to ride yeah, and all yeah. the, you know, I mean, that's some great bass playing. Yeah, and it's like intelligent as well. There's... Right, intelligent when you're talking about bass playing. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, as a bass player, when you really listen, you're talking about some of the greatest pop songs in the world. Between those two, yeah. they were like the pyramids of pop music. And then later on, of course, we, you know, Graham and things like that. But actually, Graham's style, he didn't do that picking style till later. Oh, really? When he did, when you listen to those first uh, uh, Sly Stone records, yeah. It was more streamlined. Oh, yeah. The thumb pick thing. That yeah. was later when he did Graham Central Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then so, because uh, I consider probably the first wave was probably the James Jameson. He was in a class by himself. Then myself, Graham, Stanley Clark. Yeah. Marcus Miller. Yeah. Nathan East, Anthony Jackson of that yeah, era, yeah, yeah, yeah. of that era. Yeah. Then later, then we started having other players, you know, Mark King, you know, from Level yeah, 42, Mark, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now you have uh, Jamario Artist, who's with uh, He's a great Bruno Mars. He's a great Bruno bass player. Mars, great. Yeah, 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 great he did, player. Yeah. Actually, he called me for Father's Day. Uh, another great uh, young player, Brandon Gilliard. Yeah. Uh, um, love him. Uh uh, in terms of bass guitar, yeah, yeah you know what yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Stanley's still great on on uh, upright. Uh, yeah. Christian McBride, you know what I mean. Oh, there's so uh, many those great, those players, great Philadelphia yeah. players, but yeah. don't forget they study too. You know, Stanley yeah, and Christian, yeah. they're legit. You know what I mean. It, there's no, I, there's no really uh, uh, excuse for not studying. You know, Absolutely. You know. Like, did you take the that information that you got when you were studying when you were younger, did you get that information and use it compositionally when you were writing bass lines for Earth, Wind & Fire? Right. Yeah. Right. Is that something that you used or were you, like, I suppose, what was the compositional process for you guys it right was back just, in the start? We just did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I might have written out the chord changes at the top, but most of those lines were just what I created. Yeah. They were not like things I need to write here because you don't know what you were doing. You know, you didn't know. Yeah, but like, did Maurice kind of like was his? Did he have sort of like a concept of the actual melody? And yeah, he might. He might. It could start from anywhere. Uh, Reese would always play me the songs, but he never told me what to play. He said, you know, just find it was your you know, find your thing. Yeah, yeah. Be creative. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, do something. You know, make the track alive. Yeah. And then sometimes later, I would come back and overdub other parts after I would listen. And you, you know, let it, yeah, let it kind of sort of you know, sink in. Just little. listen. Sometimes I might do the basic track just to hold the, hold the groove down. Then I'd open up a little bit. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, I think on Got to Get You in My Life, um, uh, Will Lee, I love him too. Will too. Killer player. Will yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Sadowski, mate. Yeah, yeah you, you both get Sadowski mm-hmm. guys, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, so I would just listen to different parts. More creative, more of an artistic 
Yeah, because I've always like listened to your lines and really loved. Just like you've just got a unique approach. You've always got like right. like the way it's I my sound. To, it's yeah, my sound. Yeah, you've got somebody like I could listen to a bass line, and even if it was Jameson that wasn't playing it, you could be like, it's kind of like a Jameson line. That's right. Same with you. I think you've got like a real unique style the way you approach your grooves, and I think it's something that always has shone through with all the bass lines. But the songs have to be there too, though. Oh, absolutely. If the yeah, songs yeah. aren't there, you can play a hundred different lines. It it won't yeah. matter. Yeah. You know, but but the one thing in common, I think we've all had in common the songs the yeah. songs are great you and know. they were amazing songs. they were amazing songs <laughs> motown songs the beatles songs yeah. open and fire songs you know what i mean they're just great songs yeah. so it really half the work is done for you yeah you know the, you know the songs are sort of playing themselves you're just there to compliment a great song he yeah. says he says but <laughs> you, know. you are so, you're so good yeah. in terms of like when you obviously you had your telly bass what, what was the next transition was it a jazz bass did you move jazz to, bass yeah i'd play jazz uh, and did you find a lot of people were moving to jazz at the time when the jazz basses came out? I don't know. I just did. Yeah. Because it was a it was a it was a cleaner sound. The telly was a fatter sound. Yeah. Jazz was faster. Yeah, and it, it cut through a little more. It, it cut through. That's right. It cut yeah. through. The, the telly was more tubby. Yeah. Darker sound. And did you play a jazz bass for the most part of your th- career until because obviously the Sadowski that you use now is like. A souped up jazz bass, isn't it? It's yeah, the I've been playing Roger now about what, 20, 25 years. Yeah, now. and uh, which was really, actually working with Roger actually made me a better bass player. Really? Mm-hmm. I speak about that. Well, because Roger is a he's a scientist, and yeah. then I really got into his basses. I mean, really, like I'm playing like I have like three of them, three, four of them now, and that's my main bass. Yeah, and uh, it's really. It's where Fender would have been. Yeah. Where did the relationship come from with you and Roger? How did you meet him? He, I met him in New York, and then when we did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, maybe 20, 25 years ago, he presented me with a Sadowski bass. Wow. And I made in my and I made it uh, my bass, but I had to grow into the bass, though. Yeah. Because it was ahead of me. <laughs> you know? You know, it was ahead of me. You know, yeah. I had to really get my act together. So uh, how is it bass. different from the bass that you were playing at the time? How is it? Di- how did they compare? Well, I was playing Yamaha, but his basses are really microscopic. You know, your hands got to be in the right positions. Yeah, it's 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 a really it's a bass player's bass. Yeah, I've heard I've heard uh, many people say about some custom makers that their basses are unforgiving. They're amazing, but they're unforgiving as in like. You got to play them right. You got to play them right. Otherwise, everything's going to come out that you don't want it to. You know? That's right. It's yeah. really a it's really a base for bass players. Yeah, it's not a bass player for amateurs. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. you know. On stage, I'm known as a person that does a lot of, you know, antics on stage and run around things like that. So sometimes that's been more front and center than my playing, yeah. except on records. But then when people yeah, see me with the yeah, Sadowski yeah, bass, yeah. they say, oh, 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 okay, he's serious. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, and then every, all those, all the bass players that I told you about, Jamari Artis and Brandon Gilliard, I said, you've got to get a Sadowski. you got to have that in your arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. you're going to be a greater bass player over the long haul. You're going to really respect the instruments. You know, you're really yeah. going to respect that. And when people see you with that Sadowski bass, they say, okay, he's serious. Because every bass player, a lot of bass players out of Nashville. Um, what played Sadowski? Played Sadowski's yeah, in yeah. Uh, New York. So when other players, uh, I know a lot in New York. Too, right, obviously, yeah. uh, yeah, obviously, from Sadowski, obviously. Yeah. Uh, when I went and picked up the new basses, uh, 
uh, and I have a Verdine white line now that yeah. Roger made me. I went myself. Well, up to Sadowski, yeah, 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 yeah. We went there. My wife and I went, and we <laughs> you loaded took your the wife? base. But, yeah, but, I'd but, never get away with taking my wife the, to the, a base shop. <laughs> we loaded those bases in the cars myself. Yeah, and then we and then we played Madison Square Garden at night. We took those bases hand in hand to the garden. <laughs> You know what I mean? And uh, that's what that's how much I respect Roger and and Roger's wife and my wife, you know, started talking about fashion and things like that. And, and uh, uh, but no, uh, it's a great it's a bass player's bass. It's not for amateurs. Yeah. And it's know? like a downsized jazz bass, isn't it? Did it could you, be. It could yeah, be. I think it's like a slightly smaller body and it's chambered as well, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. It just really. Yeah. And what it does, it morphs to any room like tonight we're in an arena. Yeah. Last night we were in an arena. The other night we were in uh, a festival stadium. Yeah. For like 25, 30,000 people. And that bass rings. But it, but it sounds beautiful though. Yeah. It's not yeah, yeah. muddy. If you have to change your EQ, do you do that on the actual bass? Yeah, I'll change it, but, I, but only really subtle. Yeah. It doesn't need a lot. Would you rather do that than go to the amp? Yeah, yeah. I have more control. Yeah, because it's right there on I'm your like drum control, yeah, yeah. you know. But you don't have to do a lot, you know. And it and and once you set the settings, uh, it's on stage now. That's why I didn't bring it here because the settings are already set. It sets in. It starts morphing to the room. Yeah, you know, it's, whatever Roger's got in that wood, it's working its thing in in the uh, in the in the and recording too. Yeah. You know, engineers. Is that the basic record with as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and engineers, they, you know, they, they try to tinker with it. They, you know, they might say, okay, we got to, I didn't have to do anything. I said, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, you got the, the right bass when the engineers well, don't have to do anything. It's, and yeah, they say, I've yeah. been trying all day to, well, I said, I have to do it. I said, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Then I joke, I said, first you got a bass player, you got a great bass player sitting here. There's not much to do. Then you got a great instrument. Makes your job easy, you know Absolutely. what I mean? And, and we laugh like that, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But as I said before, every young player, Today's player, I said, you got to have one because they they've been stuck in the Fender world. Yeah, you know, you know, because a lot of those kids never got to Sadowski. Yeah, know? absolutely. Because yeah, I got yeah. Sadowski sort of like in the middle of my career. You know, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, uh, and they're sort of at the beginning of their careers. But you know, it's it's not. He doesn't like advertise. You know, you no, got to know, know. No, yeah, Roger, know. Roger's like, the I, coolest. I follow him on, on the internet. Roger's really Roger's cool. Yeah. You know, right? You know, you know, you've got to be. You know, it's like. Or Steinway or Bosendorfer, you know, it's only for the top level players. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, and once they once you play it, you'll never go back to play anything else. And what's with the you know with your school that you've set up for? Right, the Redeem you know, for kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Can you just tell, tell about, a little bit and, about that as well? Uh, it, it, we've been doing great. We we've been at it like about fifteen years now. We're on forty seven hundred uh, uh, Avalon in Los Angeles, and the day to day. Operations is ran by uh, Pastor Walter Davis, who's also a personal friend, and and he gives sermons on Sundays, and yeah. and I contribute. I give him subjects to, to say, you know, want to talk about this this weekend, <laughs> and uh, uh, and then on Wednesdays we feed uh, the kids yeah. free breakfast for school, yeah, and the parents coffee, not Starbucks, but you know. Yeah, the yeah. urban version, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the street version of coffee, <laughs> and uh, so that's what we do. And then, uh, and I donated one of the bases uh, uh, to the center, and and I gave one to a young man, and and um, uh, he's ten years old. Then I told the congregation how much the base 
cost and yeah. uh, uh, and the parents said, whoa, the whole con- congregation said, whoa. And uh, and I said, I bet you make them practice now, don't you? you know what I mean? <laughs> now that you know how much it costs, you know, because Roger's base is, you know, quite yeah, expensive, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but it's, it's uh, we're, we're doing some really, really good work. And then the kids are going this summer to uh, Washington, D.C., you know, where they can see the African-American Museum. Amazing. Yeah. They can see... Uh, some of my costumes there. Uh, Maurice's has a kalimba there oh, yeah. in the African American Museum. Yeah, uh, they have the Parliament Mothership, but I have a uh, uh, an outfit that I donated to uh, the museum before they before they built it. Oh really? Yes, yeah, they yeah, would. Yeah, I had yeah, got yeah. a letter saying we're working on this. Do you have any costumes? I got, I sent a couple of costumes, and it's in there. It's in there now. Man. It's in there now. That's amazing. Yeah, well, so, you, so you can be in a museum while you're alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing, you know, because, you know, uh, you know, let them, you know, uh, check out history. And, but, you know, obviously we've been able to, you know, make some history with our music. And yeah. now we, we have like five generations come to see us now. Man, you know. it's amazing. And I don't want to take any more of your time. I want to be respectful of your time. Guys, Verdi White, thank you so much. Thank you. You've made my day. Thank You've you for my having year. me. <laughs> thank you for having me. Take it easy, guys. Bye.